Hello, everyone, and welcome to another interview for the Fight Site. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing uh, Magic Matt Dixon. Uh, first of all, Matt, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, before I begin, just a quick reminder to go check out thefightsite.com. Incredible articles, pieces, analysis, breakdowns, everything you can think of under the sun. The best analysts in the game are writing there, and it's fantastic. Make sure you obviously check out the YouTube channel. Uh, fantastic uh, uh, videos and, and highlights, not highlights, but breakdown videos and uh, interviews such as the one we're doing today. Uh, make sure you also... Uh, Check out the Patreon. You get access to uh, exclusive content, the Discord channel. You can ask questions on the podcast. All of that great extra content you don't get unless you sign up for the Patreon. It really does help us out a lot. There's also the merchandise website, thefightsiteshop.com. You can check it out. Really great stuff, such as this mask, actually. So, which is actually really comfortable and really nice. So I highly recommend you check it out. It also really helps us out. Make sure you check out hyperbrandfly.com. It's one of our sponsors. They're at the bottom of the fight site. You should definitely uh, click on that link at the bottom of the website page. Check us out on uh, Apple, Spotify, or Stitcher as well. Uh, that And leave a five-star rating or review. So Matt, with that out of the way, first of all, how are you doing? Uh, for those who don't know, you're having an upcoming fight on the, uh, the Contender Series. So... Uh, Let's talk about how you got into martial arts in the first place, mixed martial arts, because you actually had your first fight pretty young. I would say it seems 2014 and you're younger than me. So talk to us about how you got into it and uh, you have the floor. Yeah. OK, thank you. Uh, I'm doing well. But um, so my dad was the one that originally got me started with MMA whenever I was just a little kid. He uh, got me in there when I was about five or six years old. Nothing too serious. It was just. A matter of he wanted me to learn how to defend myself. He wanted me to not get picked on. I was a really small kid, you know what I mean? Really skinny, really short. Was always one of the smallest kids in class, all of that stuff. So a lot of times I was an easy target for kids. So my dad just didn't want me to, uh, you know, not be able to defend myself. And so um, growing up, we would just go to the uh, MMA gym in between football seasons. And uh, I started really developing some skills for the sport and actually showed some talent but I was still so focused on football it wasn't until I was about like 12 years old that I started to watch the sport for myself and that's whenever I started to really develop you know an actual uh like fan appreciation for the sport as well and so when I became a fan I was like man I was honestly all in and uh that was what I wanted to do so um you know, when I was about 12 years old, I started just training on my own. I was literally training in my backyard on a on a tire. And uh, I was just beating that up from the time I got home from school to the time I couldn't see the bag anymore or the tire anymore. And then uh, as I got older, um, or two years older, um, I met my coach uh, at 14. And my coach, Craig Blacklock, and I have been training together ever since then. And uh, at that point, that's when we started to really put everything together and make some things happen. Awesome. And uh, so what you became a fan, you started training. Obviously, you had your first fight in 2014. And then you, you know, over the course of time, you had a few more uh, amateur fights and you went pro back in 2017. Yes, so, uh, you know, you're right now you're undefeated, obviously, uh, and we're, we're coming up on your Tuesday Night Contender Series, I believe, uh, and it's next week, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes, sir. This coming Tuesday. 
So you're 9-0, and I went through and watched some of your fights. And what's interesting is I was actually watching, first I watched one of your amateur fights because I wanted to see like how you looked starting out versus uh-huh. how, where you are now. And it was actually really interesting. I was watching some of the fight with Aaron Rodriguez, and you were had a really good focus on working your jab, staying calm, and it was very, very interesting to see such a, so early in your development, having a focus on basic fundamentals. So can you talk to me about, you know, your your experience grow, uh, working with your coach, who you've been working with your entire career, and the kind of focus you guys have, the training style, the methods, etc. Yeah. yeah, that was, um, that was honestly a great fight for me, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because I've always been of the philosophy that you have to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Um, and so in that fight, I took that fight on two days, uh, not two days notice, but uh, I think it was like six days notice, something like that. Mm-hmm. They had an injury and then they asked me to come in. So I took that fight at 185, which isn't mm-hmm. my normal fighting weight, um, but I fought at 170. And uh, so when I look back on that fight, you know, it was one of those opportunities for me to really get some experience against a guy that was a tough guy, a uh, former Marine, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it was a great um, it was a great offer, opportunity for me to uh, really just demonstrate what I can do on short notice as well. But, um, you know, with my coach, uh, we really have, like I said, just put everything together. You know, um, whenever I was a, a kid, everything that I had work, worked on was just a few months here doing, you know, wrestling or a few months here doing just boxing or a few months here doing this and that. And so it was just this constant combination of, of the fundamentals, the basics of everything. And then what my coach did was is he took all of that and he just made it better. He put it all together so that I not only had those skills that were uh, put together as far as, you know, from different mixed martial arts uh, disciplines, but um, I was able to actually grow those areas as well too so it was just a, a good um combination of all those things sorry my dog's barking so no problem don't worry <laughs> about it uh usually my kids are in the background but since i'm away for work uh, i don't oh. have to deal with that at least um so i actually want to talk to you about um some of your more recent and specific fights um one thing that i wanted to to question is how much do you do specific game planning for opponents because a lot of times uh you know, you'll have coaches that say we don't do game plan specific opponent, uh, game yeah. plans specifically for opponents, especially for younger fighters. We just want them to grow their skills and apply them in the cage. Do you do game plans specific? And the reason why I ask is because when I watched your fight with Tegan, you uh, made a point of when he was coming in to take those takedowns. You were actually specifically you were framing across uh, as he was shooting. You were making sure to punish him with those uppercuts, and obviously it led to that early finish. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that you do a lot? You guys watch a lot of tape and a lot of game plan specific training, or is it more like at the moment you're doing general overall training and kind of like picking and choosing how to apply it? Yeah, so that's a good question. So um, whenever I was training for uh, Tegan in specific, I would say that most of my training and you know pretty much all my you know game planning and all of that stuff. Uh, yeah, I would say is a little bit more on the fly than a lot of guys, but, um, I would say whenever I'm training and I'm preparing for a fight, um, I like to make sure that, you know, I'm just progressing and getting to the point where I want to be first, but yes, I do watch a lot of film. I love to study the movements, the tendencies, what are the instincts of my opponent? What are the different things that they do that, 
you know, just aren't going to change. That's who they are, you know, because a lot of times they might come in there and be playing a curveball or doing something weird. Um, but how do they move? What's their body type like? Um, what types of things do they happen to do under certain situations and things like that? Things that aren't very likely to change, you know, not necessarily mm -hmm. just technical things, but more of the uh, overall uh, physical uh, movement um, of them and th those types of things. So, yeah, that's a really good question because that's, you know, you know, I could go into really a lot of detail on what we do, but I would say, yeah, a lot of film watching, you know, certain things are, I would say, game plans. You know, I just know in my mind that obviously this specific uh, movement against that, you know, his body type or this person's body type or whatever it may be, um, I know certain things click. And so I put those things together, but I don't like to be so fixed on a game plan that it's like I can't adapt on the fly. You know, one of the things that I really appreciate in my fights and have learned in my fights is that, you know, it's just like Mike Tyson said, everybody has a game plan until they get hit in the mouth, right? You know, and that's the thing. It's, you know, you have to be able to adapt in there. You have to be prepared. So when I train, I try to allow, you know, all that stuff, all the game planning and all that stuff uh, to just be done in my preparation. That way, when I step in the cage, it's just just letting my preparation shine, letting that take over instead of trying to consciously think about what my next move is and what I need to be doing inside of there. It's interesting that you point that out, that this specifically, because fighters do improve. We, we know that fighters, you know, will improve or they'll, or they'll come out looking like, you know, they'll, they'll clearly have worked on an issue that they've had before. But yeah. what you're seeming to, point, to, 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 to concentrate on is that you're not necessarily fighting on specific uh, making a super specific game plan that automatically you have to follow. But if it works because they're following their personality and what they've displayed in the past, you can follow the game plans that you worked on in camp and you can make adjustments if you see something different or if something isn't working necessarily. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, I wanted to actually talk about your Braden Smith fight because, you know, that was, I was super impressed with how you were, uh, doing certain things in that fight. Uh, you were doing a lot of punching and clutching into the clinch and throwing the, uh, using it to that, those jabs and hooks to actually grab that collar tie and pushing you up against the fence, landing the big shots, making him uncomfortable. Uh, and also I really enjoyed how you were mixing that up with that, throwing that left hand right into the low kick. So he wasn't able to kind of get a bead on whether you were going to come in or stay on the outside. So, was that something that you noticed specifically? Because he's a much taller and longer opponent and you were doing all the way out or all the way in. And I want mm. to kind of like talk about what, what was your prep for that? I know that you, you've, been wa you've, had, you've watched him before. I remember watching, yes. listening to an interview where you talked about it. So give me a, uh, a rundown of the lead up to that fight and your, your thought process in the fight. Please. Yeah, you know, and to tell you the truth, he's one of those guys that I had been following for so long because mm -hmm. my first professional MMA fight, um, he was in the locker room, and that was the first time I met him. He was a cool dude. We mm -hmm. uh, talked in the back and all of that stuff, and then I went out and I fought. And so after that point, I actually got to watch him fight, I think, a few times before that, and then he actually fought on an XFN card, and I got to watch uh, that as well, too, live. And so um, I was very aware of, you know, who he was as a fighter, as well as 
you know, like I was saying, as far as in my preparation, I feel like it was almost to the point where I didn't have any game plan at all for him. I just could read him. I felt like, mm-hmm. I felt like I could read his body language very well. I felt like I was very, um, you know, in tune with his movement could, you know, predict what he was getting ready to throw before he was going to throw it. Um, I just felt very, uh, aware in that fight. Um, if I can use that as a phrase, but you know, that was the, uh, that was honestly how that kind of fight played out in my mind. Um, and in the so, so since you were kind of like adjusting to what he was giving you in the moment, I was just curious about a couple of things. You you were kind of lighting him up a bit in the first round, and then you shot a takedown. Um, is that something you do to break rhythm uh, specifically, so that they don't start to like focus solely on the uh, their focus fully on the striking, and then you'll break the rhythm by shooting that takedown, even if you are doing really well on the feet. Yeah, you know, honestly, I do like to mix things up. I always mm-hmm. like to mix things up in there. But to tell you the truth, I really was getting irritated by the fact that people were telling me that I couldn't grapple with him. You know, I spent a lot of time in my grappling as well. A lot of people think because I don't have the cauliflower ear just a little bit, but uh, they think that I can't grapple. They think that I don't have experience in that area. And so, uh, you know, that was a uh, more of a, you know, a pride thing for me. I was like, man, I, I want to see if I'm the best, period. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I can beat somebody where they're strong at, that means a lot to me as well, too, as just going in there and executing and dominating, you know? So, yeah, that part for me was literally just, I, you know, heard those words where people were telling me, hey, you don't want to take this guy down because he's really good at his submissions and all that stuff. Well, I wanted to go in there and uh, test that. Yeah, watching the fight, they were talking like, oh, I don't know why he's taking him down. He's got the submissions. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I'm watching the dude just control him. I don't think he has to worry too much. Um, yeah. so, the, 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 so moving on to uh, one of your most recent fights, the Patterson fight. And that was um, your LFA fight, uh, your LFA debut. And now you're you know moving past that as well. But uh, you fought a guy. He's got Bellator experience. I think it was seven fights in Bellator, four wins, three losses. He lost to some... He beat uh, Chance from Counter, who was in the UFC. Mm-hmm. But he, he's got some good experience, and he was much bigger than you, too. Yeah. Uh, so that was actually a pretty difficult fight for you in terms of, like, you had to really eat some shots, to mm-hmm. put it lightly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me about the lead-up to that fight. Um, what kind of game planning was done for him, specifically if there was, or specifically for him, and the adjustments you had to make in that fight while, you know, because that first round, I think, was you won 30-27, but that first round was probably the most dangerous for you, I would say, yeah. where you, you had to deal with the, the striking and the, and the power shots he was landing. Talk about your thought process before with your coaches and during that first round and what kind of adjustments they were telling you to make because you did do something in that second round that I saw you just came out and threw like a triple jab right off the bat just mm-hmm. to, 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 to establish that right away. But talk to me yeah. about that. Yeah, that's a, honestly, to tell you the truth, that's one of my favorite fights, you know. Okay. Because, yeah, because watching this fight, you know, I had to go and I had to battle that adversity inside the cage, you know, which a lot of guys, at, uh, you know, at my level uh, don't get those types of fights. They have to wait till they get to the UFC before they get any adversity or anything like that, um, where where they at least have to overcome it. But uh you know, fighting in that fight, I would say the preparation leading up to uh, Patterson was pretty similar to mostly all of my fights, but we knew that he was a southpaw. 
you know. Um, what I didn't really even take into account was his reach and the range. You know, he actually, that first shot that he hit me with, what I didn't, haven't even really told anybody was is that I wasn't right until about the third round. So, like, I only remember the third round of that fight. You know, everything else up leading to that fight, or, or everything up leading to that fight, I remember, but everything up until that third round, you know, was a blur, man. Like, after that left hand landed, it literally, uh, it had rocked me. And I was at that point where, you know, I had to uh, go off of basic instincts at that point. And so there's so many things in that fight that I'm just like, wow, you know, my striking wasn't, you know, like my defense, my striking, all of that stuff. I was like, you know, I was running on autopilot. I don't, I still don't remember exactly what I was doing, what I was, you know, you know, uh, thinking in that, those moments. So, um, so I'm very happy with the fact that I was able to do that um, almost unconsciously, I would say. And uh, it, it really helped me, you know, as far as in my defense, just all around with certain southpaws and certain angles, because now we, you know, we work with a lot of different guys that are southpaws, different angles, different uh, ranges, where a guy like Justin Patterson, who has a uh, 74 uh, inch reach, you know what I mean? is um, going to pose a threat in certain ranges that another guy may not if he only has 71 or 70. You know, so those little details like that made a huge difference because um, I just remember the defensive errors in my training that I didn't even, you know, um, adjust until after the fight, you know what I mean? Because to tell you the truth, I've done uh, so much boxing and kickboxing uh, bleeding to my professional MMA career that a lot of my work and training was more uh, boxing specific as far as the sparring was concerned. And so, you know, with the four ounce gloves, the defense is quite a bit different than with a boxing glove, right? You can hide behind the boxing glove mm -hmm. a little bit different than you can with an MMA glove. And there's a certain angle, certain head movement that you do in boxing that you don't really do in, in MMA because of obviously head kicks and certain things of that nature. So, um, you know, all that being said, I would say that, you know, it was a great fight for me to not only win, but it was a great learning experience for me as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that's one of the things that I actually was was wondering because you you know first of all the fact you're on autopilot for basically ten minutes was pretty good to see that your your reactive uh, shots were actually really really good in that fight. So you. your reactive shots working while also concussed probably. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's uh and you don't have a wrestling background if I'm not mistaken, correct? No, I do not. I uh, did wrestling just for MMA. I never. Mm -hmm. uh, competed on, you know, the teams or anything like that. Um, I just literally would take the wrestling classes as mm -hmm. a specific class in high school and all that stuff, just so that I could improve my wrestling. Gotcha. Uh, so what, so a couple of things that, um, you know, during the fight that I was, I was, you know, I was curious about and how you have taken that as a learning experience is obviously you were talking about how you were having a struggling to the timing and the range. And that obviously is, that actually is one of the things I have written down here, but also it's the uh, it's it is it, it was a question about your head movement specifically in exchanges. Um, a lot of times, you know, especially 
you know, for young fighters, it's it's kind of normal. Everyone is, you know, you're still up and coming in terms of like your actual experience. But um, we see this even in guys who have been in the UFC for for four or five years, where you know, on the outside, they'll they'll exhibit head movements or they'll they'll foot their foot speed will carry them out of bad exchanges or bad situations. And in the pocket, uh, not in the pocket, in the clinch exchanges, mm-hmm. they can, you know, use their elbows and shoulders to block incoming strikes. But it's like that middle range where mm-hmm. a lot of fighters really, really struggle with defensive movement. When we look at guys who do ex- exhibit that kind of defense, Jose Aldo is the mm-hmm. king example, I yeah. would say. So what kind of uh, things, is that one of the things that, that you guys have chosen to work on after that fight because you were getting caught in the middle of those exchanges or as you were throwing? And yeah, exactly. what kind of work have you been doing to improve upon that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that was one of the things we kind of had to revisit mm-hmm. to tell you the truth, uh, because, you know, for me personally, um, in those exchanges, that's a lot of where, you know, the reactive head movement comes. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, we we had worked on so many different things and head movement, which was surprising for me personally, because like when I go back and I look at that fight, I'm just like, man, you know, no excuses or anything like that. But I'm like, where was my head movement, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like my normal head movement, you know, to right. tell you the truth. Um, and so I felt like uh, going into that fight, man, I was just like, you know, I've been in the past, like I've had, you know, past fights where I got overzealous. I just made, you know, rookie mis- mistakes and stuff like that. And just was, you know, teeing off on a guy and got hit with shots, right? Things like that. But um, outside of that, you know, for the most part, my head movement, was much better than I feel like in this uh, past fight and all that stuff. So for me personally, it was just a matter of revisiting, going to those drills, making sure that I was going to be doing those on more of an instinctual level than like a conscious level. So yeah, working on those types of things was just a matter of really um, uh, going back to the the Mm -hmm. drawing board and working on it again. Awesome. Uh, what, what kind of um, what kind of drills and training and, and training methods do you guys use to kind of instill those kinds of things? Because there's there's always the conversation of uh, rote strikers versus organic strikers. Like a guy like Robbie Lawler would kind of fit more into an organic striker who kind of flows with what you're giving him, as opposed to uh, someone like I guess an Edson Barboza, who is obviously a very skilled striker, but also uses very he's rote and it's very clearly trained. And everything seems to be, okay, now I throw the left hook and the right hook uh, and the right uppercut in response to this slip to the jab. And you know what I mean? So yeah. how do you kind of strike that balance of giving you the, the, the rote responses that you need to mm-hmm. obviously have those organic responses to what's coming at you? Yeah. What kind of drills, I guess? Yeah. So really, to tell you the truth, most of it is for me personally, like when I feel the best work is whenever I'm doing the sparring right. and bringing in specific guys for, uh, you know, different styles, you know what I mean? Whether it's a heavyweight, you know, whether it's a southpaw that's kind of rangy like Justin was, um, whether it's, you know, a guy that's long and lanky or, you know, just a short guy or whatever the case may be, but actually doing it, you know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a hands-on kind of guy to tell right. you the truth. So whenever I'm working on things and I'm like, you know, learning on the fly, that's whenever I feel like I learn the best as well too. So for me personally, it was just a matter of, yeah, getting back to doing that in sparring, making sure that I'm doing that while I'm sparring, keeping the head movement on point the entire time. Um, 
now moving on to your upcoming opponent. Um, Orion Kosky, which is kind of a pretty cool name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think his brother is also a fighter or something like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Joseph, right? Um, something like that, yeah. So I, I looked, took a look at his record. Finding footage on him, not very easy, by the way. Mm. But what I was able to find, seems like they're missing some fights on his record. Mm. So he's officially 6-0, and and Typology has him at 2-0 and as an amateur, but SureDog has him 3-0 and as an amateur, and there's wow. names on YouTube that I was just not on his record. So <laughs> he might be a little more experienced than his record says, but I'm also looking at his style. And he is... Uh, from what I can tell, he's super aggressive, and uh-huh. everything is explosive. He puts everything as high amplitude. His takedowns, his strikes, his submission attempts, it's he's going for it on every single strike. I, mm-hmm. I don't want you to obviously give away any game plan you might be working on, but uh, uh-huh. what is your read on him? Is is it something you guys have – have you guys found footage, by the way, that I couldn't? And uh, what's your read on this fight? What's your you know thought process? Yeah, I, I haven't found, found like much specific uh, video footage on him or anything like that. My coach actually has, but okay. I haven't been able to. Um, uh, you know, to tell you the truth, he likes, uh, yeah, you know, he's very explosive. Seems like he's an athletic guy. Yeah. Looks like he, you know, obviously grew up with the grappling background. I believe that's where he grew up as far as in wrestling and all of that as well, too. And then, you know, that's where he's mostly comfortable at but at the same time he looks like he's uh comfortable standing as well too um it looks like he's probably the more sharp on the ground whenever he does go there as far as in comparison but um yeah i would say you know he does a lot of things well um he has uh i want to say I would say he probably cuts quite a bit of weight. I'm not sure how much he's a big he dude. walks around. He looks like he's a thicker guy, so I'm guessing he cuts from somewhere around 200 pounds, maybe 205, you know what I mean, which can work for you or against you. I guess it just depends. But, um, you know, it's one of those things. So, yeah, I've gotten a good feel for him, a good read for him and all of that stuff. Awesome. Uh yeah. The 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 thing that actually, I, if I remember correctly, one of the fights it looked like he won via smother. So really, oh, I, it, it looked like it. I don't know if it's on there, but that's what it looked like from the other side. I think it's listed as an armbar, but I can't see an armbar just from the really? footage. But it does look like he won via just crushing that dude's face. So I was like, I guess we're back to ninety-seven. Okay, fine, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, rounding out the interview, I, I wanted to know what kind of uh, fighters you said you obviously got into this sport by watching. Uh, mm-hmm. What kind of fighters do you try to model? If you do, uh, do you try to model your style or pull things from uh, more famous fighters, I guess, that might fit your style? Uh, you know, because I notice you're very all the way in or all the way out. So are you looking at outfighters that you uh, famous outfighters in the sport and trying to pull from them? Or is it more like? You know, you guys just watch film. You just watch film footage, and if you see something cool, you take it. Yeah, you know, I see something cool now, and I'll take it. You know, uh, first, whenever I was first starting, you know, there was a lot of fighters that I really wanted to model and try to, you know, uh, try to do what they were doing inside the cage. You know, um, I was a big fan of guys like uh, George St. Pierre. I was a big fan of guys like, uh, 
Frankie Edgar and all those things. So, you know, I would get into certain fights and I'd be like, oh, you know, I want to do what they're doing, right? Well, you know, now I would say I see certain techniques, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, okay, that's a technique that I like, you know, and I know my body type. I know what, you know, works for me. I know what is probably going to work for guys that are longer or taller, whatever the case may be. So, yeah, I'm, you know, now I would say I don't really try to model anybody whenever I'm in there or anything like that. Um, but I do still see those techniques and I will add certain things to my game um, just based off of those observations. The second you said George St. Pierre, I'm like, all right, yeah, nope, that's that. I am now officially a big fan of you. That was it. I just needed to hear that. That's all I needed. That was the whole point of this interview, by the way. Just the lead up man? to me asking if you like GSP. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Is that you I, got? I, yeah, I, I rate him uh, as the go. We, they, the the site did a top twenty uh -huh. MMA fighters of all time. Uh -huh. GSP got number two. That's oh, because, wow. but I wasn't voting yet. I wasn't <laughs> on the site yet, and I'm mad about it. So when they do the next top twenty, I'm putting in my vote for number one. Uh, Aldo got the goat spot, oh, which okay, okay. which I can't be too mad about because he's uh -huh. incredible. I mean, yeah. arguably number one, but I got GSP. But yeah, yeah. so I know it's. With you. I think Edgar we gave number nine. I, I think that's uh, he's the ninth greatest all time on the list. So oh, okay. nice. pretty top spot. Um, Matt, um, obviously, before we go, I, I'm sure you might have some sponsors that you want to talk about or shout, shout outs. Obviously, tell us where people can find you. Um, please. Yeah. So um, you, people can find me on Instagram uh, at Magic Matt D. You know, on Twitter, uh, we're working on getting my name changed over to that. I'm not active on Twitter yet or anything like that. On Facebook, people can find my uh, fighter page at Magic Matt Dixon. And then um, also my sponsors, I got Heavy Metal Forge right here. I'm wearing their uh, T-shirt and all that good stuff. They make awesome strength maces, a lot of different uh, iron works and, you know, all kinds of different stuff. They're blacksmiths. They have a really cool channel if you're into watching the process of all that stuff as far as how you make, you know, uh, iron and all the, you know, blacksmith stuff, you know what I mean? And then I have uh, a lot of amazing sponsors. I have uh, Bud Brothers uh, Coffee Shop. I have Evolved Health and Wellness. These guys help me, you know, all throughout my training camp and really have done an amazing job as far as uh, supporting me and all that good stuff. And so, yeah, that's about it. All right. Well, First of all, Matt, thank you again for joining me. It really has been a pleasure to have you. Um, make sure that you go and follow him. Support oh. his sponsors if you can. Uh, make sure you check out his fight this upcoming week uh, weekend at the on the Tuesday Night Contender Series. Uh, he's going to be fighting Orion Kosky. Uh, make sure you check out the fight site, the YouTube channel, the Patreon, the the, the, the merchandise website. Check us. Uh, make sure you like, share, and subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel. It really does help us a lot. Um, and listen to this interview because I actually really think it's a really good one. <laughs> um, once again, thank you so much for joining me. I, I really do appreciate it. It's great to have you. Good luck on your fight. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Oh, thank you very much, dude. I really appreciate that. Thank you. My pleasure. It's great. Uh, and thank you for your time, man. No, of course. Uh, it was great. You, you know, it was, it's really good to, to interview fighters who really seem to care about the technical process as well as just getting in there and fighting. I really enjoy that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you there, man. I'm right there with you. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, too.